one of you here this morning. Uh, it's our ninth anniversary, and we're grateful to God. Uh, Antonia was the only baby, right? Yes, sir. Uh, one of the girls dancing. <laughs> she was the only baby we had when we started uh, nine years ago. Uh, she was the nursery there, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, we're so grateful to God. It's so good to have every one of you. Uh, today we are celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he's here with us this morning, and uh, he knows your name, he knows everything about you, and he loves you dearly. Uh, he's, he's gone to prepare a home for you and for me, and uh, he, we will be with him not, not too long from now. Uh, that's my hope that he'll come uh, soon. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Father God, I just ask that you speak to us today as we uh, bring into remembrance uh, the, the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, uh, and all that he's done for us. Holy Spirit of the living God, uh, speak to our hearts today and help us to find our way home so that we can be pleasing to you. As we live on the earth, we give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. No other religion in, in the world uh, has a day like this, Easter, where Jesus is risen from the dead and will no longer die. He is right now with the Father. And that's a great thing. You have to think about it. Before Jesus came, there was the Word, there was the Father, and the Spirit. But right now, Jesus came, took, a fle took on flesh, and there is a man right there with the Godhead right now. There is a man with bones and flesh. Jesus said, see me, I'm not a spirit. After he rose from the dead, I'm not a spirit. Touch me. Give me some food to eat. You don't see spirits eat. Handle me. I am a man. And then he, he went up, ascended, and the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. So we have a man representing us right there in heaven, in the Godhead. There is nothing greater than that. There is no religion that can boast that. No religion. They're all dead. We can go to their graves. But <laughs> you can find them. Uh, but you can't find the grave of Jesus. And you can't find his body. You find the grave, but he's empty. He's gone to be with the Lord. You have to understand something. When the Bible says this, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There is the perishing and there is the everlasting life. You have to think about it. If you are a human being, you will never die. What you die, the death that you see here is a physical death. But because you are a spirit being, you never die. You can never die. All you do is to leave this case, this house that you're living in, and go to another home. Everybody needs a home. 
everybody wants to own a home where you can go that's your home jesus is preparing right now a home for your spirit that's the real you you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in the body your spirit looks through into the world through your eyes your physical eyes and your senses help you to make contact with the physical world but really you are a spirit and when you come out of this body you have a home that you have to go to go to there is a real horrible home that some spirit human beings will inhabit for the rest of eternity when you leave this body you're going to live in a home forever the home that's presented to you by god that will be your home forever you'll never come out of that home that will be your place now god is preparing a home that's the key word for god so loved the world that he's made provision for us that you don't have to go to the other home where there is torment eternal torment so when jesus he himself said it with his own mouth because he was the one that was given he knew the value of himself the son of god for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish uh, people will perish but god has made a way for us before easter it was there was good friday that was a bitter day it wasn't fun for the son of god the bible said he sweated blood as he prayed but because of you and i he decided i'll go through this never been there before the creator of death now is going to be subject to death and die god dying you can read that in acts chapter 20 god gave his own blood that's what the bible tells us jesus is god himself so that we don't go to eternal death in hell and jesus spoke of hell as if he knew the place because he created it he said it's a bitter place there is fire there worms in there and people are begging just for a little drop of water and can you imagine being in a place you are really thirsty your tongue is hanging out because you're so thirsty and all you're looking for is a drop of water and nothing is given to you a thousand years from the time you're begging for it that's a horrible place that's where god has saved us from through his son so it makes sense when jesus said god so loved the world that's a great love whether you believe it or not let me tell you once you get out of this body you will believe it you got no choice because the first thing you'll notice is you are still alive i've seen it on television people that have died briefly in the back they know that they are still alive more alive you don't want to go to the other side out of your body not knowing the way to heaven if you do that it were better you were not born and jesus said that it were better you didn't exist at all 
because it's bitter where you're going and you're never coming out. That's what brought me to Christianity. I'm not going to lie to you. I was scared of that place. Uh-huh. Oh, Lord, I was scared. When I realized that we're not alone in the world, when I realized that there are demonic forces in the world, and I saw activities of demons, I saw demons speaking out of people's mouth. I saw people driven by demons. Uh, that was a good message for me. I didn't need any gospel. I told myself, boy, that's what the Bible talks about. Demons speaking through people. And I see these people manifesting demons and doing the same. And the preacher casting out the devils. And I thought to myself, if that's real, uh, Jesus is real and heaven is real. And I was begging God, give me heaven. I want it right now. I need heaven, please. I, I cried out to God. I was a wicked fellow. In fact, after I got saved, a, a girl told me, we thought, there is no way everyone else can be a Christian, not you. You're too wicked. And I didn't argue with her. I knew who I was, you know. But after that, never went back. Never went back to my old life. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be in that place. Don't want to go there. That's what Easter is all about. Jesus said, go tell them the good news. Tell them the good news. You're not going there anymore. All you have to do is believe what I have done. And come to me. And you will have life. That's all. You don't have to work for it. Just believe it. Every one of us is sinned. How many lies does it take for a man to be a liar? Have you lied? If you told one lie, you are what? A liar. The Bible says all liars will find themselves in the lake of fire. And that's just the truth. I don't want to get over there and then find out what's going on. I don't want to do that. I had a roommate from China when I was in Texas uh, A&M. Uh, uh, I was working on my doctoral degree. And uh, I said uh, to him, uh, Lee, uh, Lee was his name. And I said, Lee, Lee, uh, there is a heaven. And I said, if you die, what's going to happen to you? I said, uh, when you get to heaven after you die, and then you find out there is life after death, are you going to be uh, over there saying, this is not real, this is not real, this is not real, there's no God, no God, no God, and you're looking at God and telling him, no God. I knew he was really scared of that. He looked at me and thought for a while. He said, Gurak, no God. <laughs> I said, Rah. You'll find out. There is a God. There is a God. God is. You can't deny that. There are things in your life you don't have control over. If you're that smart, you take over it and you have control. Life is beyond us. You can't imagine everything that's up there. Put together. didn't just come there. Somebody put it there. Are you going to face this person one day? Have rejected 
his son who died for you and you think he's going to be happy to see you? But think about it. And I'm not trying to scare you, but look, God called me because he picked me up from my past life and revealed this truth to me, and I'm glad. It's been over 30 years. I'm still scared of, scared of hell today. Oh, yes. It's a real place. Let me show you something that Jesus said. In Romans, I'll read from Paul, Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. That's the scripture that actually tells us how we can be saved. It says, what does it say? The word is near you. The, the word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's important because of the resurrection. You need to believe in the resurrection to be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's how to be saved. You got to believe in his resurrection. Believe to the point of acting on it. But let me show you what Jesus said. And a great multitude in Luke chapter 23, 27 through 31, of people followed him and women who also mourned and lamented him. Jesus turning to them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in the which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us. And to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things to the green wood, what will be done in the dry? What Jesus is saying, this was, he was going to the cross. And he was bleeding, his face covered with blood. And the women saw it. If you were there, you saw a good man going through this. You cry yourself. The women were crying for him and he understood that but then he turned to them he says you don't need to cry for me i know i'm suffering and you have compassion on me but what's going to happen to you and to your children is going to be greater than this i am the green wood you are dry if this happening to me the green wood what about you without me you need to get in the green wood because the green wood is already suffered and you can be free. He said, a time is going to be coming when people will rather say to a mountain, fall on me. They are speaking to a mountain, fall on me. Because they don't want to deal with what's going to be happening. And they are saying to the hills, cover us. It will be easier. In Revelation, the Bible picks it up again. In Revelation chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, don't matter who you are, hid themselves in the caves. When Jesus comes back, if you are not ready, 
the thing to do is to try to hide from his presence because it's going to be terrible. And that's what Revelation is telling us. They, are, they hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. Again, he's saying exactly the same thing. They are saying to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. So that day is coming. The Bible warned us in Luke, before Jesus went to the cross, and after Jesus rose in heaven, through the revelation, he's telling us, there's a terrible day coming. You will rather ask a mountain to fall on you, and just cover you, bury you. It's not going to happen. What you're trying to get away is the terrible thing that's coming, because the Son of God is coming back. Jesus is coming back again. But this time, not like he did before. If you are not on his side, you will, be, you will find yourself in a terrible place. You need to make sure that your soul, and some of us will do that this morning, make sure your life is right with God. And all you have to do, the Bible tells us, believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's what to do. That's what Romans tells us, Romans uh, chapter 10, that's what he tells us. He says, if you believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. Isn't that easy? That's the good news. That's the good news. If you believe with all of your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead and is alive, how many believe that this morning? Good. But then the Bible says, you must confess that with your mouth. Tell somebody you believe it. If you can't tell somebody, then you really don't believe it. And if you die, you are not on his side. You got to tell somebody. I found that scripture because in, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. So I went out everywhere telling everybody. I wanted my name mentioned in heaven every day. So if I found you, I confess Jesus to you so that my name is mentioned in heaven and I got a good day. Oh, yes. Whether you wanted to listen or not, you are my victim. I put you down. You must listen. Let me confess Jesus to you. I need my name mentioned in heaven. And you know Jesus cannot lie. If he said, when you mention his name to somebody, he mentions your name in heaven. And when he speaks your name in heaven, the angel said, who is that guy? Can we go to him with like that fellow? He's talking about our Lord. Amen. That's the key. And when I started doing that, the joy, the joy of God started welling up inside of me. I, I couldn't hold myself back. Anything that moved, I preached to it. I was excited. They called me crazy. He's lost his mind. He's a Jehovah's Witness. He goes from door to door. I said, let's call him. I just need a victim so my name is mentioned in heaven. I'm a great guy. God is mentioned in my name. He says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. And he cannot lie. So I know while I'm preaching this morning to you. <laughs> yes. I'm confessing his name. Guess what is happening in heaven? 
Uh, my name is being mentioned. Don't feel bad for yourself. You can do the same. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. But that's what we need to do. And you need to do it from the heart. And if you do that, then the power of God comes into your life. So that's what Bible means. If you believe in him, he gives you the right to become son of God. And when you become son of God, you are light. All the demons see you. And as you walk around, they know say, that that belongs to the master. We don't go to that. I say, oh, that guy, we'll take him. But oh, that one, uh, we, don't, we know his address. Leave him alone. Besides, he talks too much for him. Uh, he's causing us so much trouble. He's always talking about Jesus. And how are we going to shut him up? You can't shut me up. Can't touch that. Yes. That's because I, I say his name. Amen. When you talk about speaking his name, that's what you need to do. Don't be ashamed of him. He said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my father in heaven. And the angels do. Hmm. Not him. Not him. You're sitting down there, they're saying things about Jesus that's bad, and you're afraid here. And guess what's happening in heaven? Angels. Where did we find this fellow? We need to confess him. But beside that, we need to live for him. If you have confessed Jesus with your mouth, and you believe in him, then live the life. That's the fruit of it. If the fruit is not there, then the life is not there. An apple tree cannot bear oranges. And so when we don't see it in you, we know something is missing. You got to live the life. Not everyone who confesses Jesus or goes to church is going to go to heaven. I'm sorry to let you know this, but these are not my words. Maybe you made a confession some time ago, but you need to live for him. We are in the last days, people. We are in the last days. These are terrible days. People are doing whatever they like. Jesus said it's not everyone that does that. Let me read the scripture. I read this last week and I'm going to continue from this. Let me share the scriptures with you. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 through 23. Jesus saying not everyone who says to me. They are saying something to him. They are calling him. Not everyone who says to me Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many, now let me tell you, when Jesus said many, guess what's going to happen on that day? Many. He says, many will say to me in that day, what day? The day of judgment where you are going to your, your, your home, your eternal home is going to be decided. Many on that day, Jesus said, will say to him, Lord, Lord, they're still calling him Lord. They recognize him as your Lord. They've called him. They've called on his name. They've spoken about him. Have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Now, if you have cast out demons in his name and done many wonders, you remember the seven sons of Sceva? They were trying to cast out demons, and the demons said, We know Paul, and we know Jesus, but who are you? 
<coughs> excuse me, you cannot cast out a demon if you are not connected to Jesus. That's what it means. So these guys are connected to Jesus. They were at a given time. But now Jesus is saying to them, well, they said to him, we cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And then I would declare to them. Notice what he says. He didn't say, I would say to them, I don't know you because that would not be true. He knew them. But he would declare to them. It's a declaration right now. I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. <coughs> lawlessness. Notice he didn't say you were lawless at the time. You practice it. That's your life. That's the key word. You became a Christian, but now you practice lawlessness. That's the sign of the last days. That's the sign of our time. Christians practicing lawlessness. What does that mean to be lawless? Lawlessness, there are only two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself, too. Whenever you are practicing anything that doesn't reflect the love of God in your heart, you are practicing lawlessness, even if you say you're a Christian. Whenever you are hurting other people, Christian or no Christian, deliberately taking advantage of them and doing your own thing, calling yourself a Christian... You are practicing lawlessness. And even though you have cast out demons in his name, he knows what you're doing. The key word is practice. We're not perfect, but it's practice. You're practicing it and he knows it. You can't fool him. That's why uh, Galatians chapter 7 said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. We need to straighten up. Because many of us are going to be disappointed. It's one thing if you didn't do it at all. You didn't make any attempt to serve God. You tried and now you get there and you're turned away. That's bitter. You'll say, let me tell you something, okay? One thing that, you will ne that will depart from you when you die. Your memory. You remember everything. You remember the day you gave your life to God and the day you decided you're not going to live that, that way anymore. You're going to be doing what you like. You'll remember it. And you'll be remembering it while you're suffering and regretting. That's what the Bible means when it says, He who knows to do good and doesn't do it, he's whipped with how many? Many stripes. Because you knew better. When you get there, you know better. So your mind's going to torment you in addition to the torment that you are in because... You could have escaped from that place, but you went your own way. You were lawless. Lawlessness is the key. That's the sign of the time. You know, I had something here. I probably get to it. You know, you need to recognize God is not an American. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's not a Canadian either. Neither, neither is he a Nigerian. 
Even if everybody, all Americans agree, this is okay. If it doesn't line up with the world, you don't want to go there. God is not looking for re-election. He doesn't want to be re-elected. He's God. Amen. The Bible has told us. Jesus said this. In Matthew 24 verse 12. It says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Who is he talking about? The world? No, Christians. You know, every time I read a scripture like that, I say, God, please help me. I don't want that word fulfilled in my life. Because I know in some lives it's going to be fulfilled. I don't want that for me. And believe me, I cry out to God, please God, I don't want that scripture. I know your word cannot fall to the ground, but I don't want that scripture fulfilled in my life. I don't want that. He said, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many, many Christians, that's what he's talking about, will wax cold. If, if, if it's waxing cold, it means it was hot sometimes, right? They had a love for him sometimes. But now it's waxing cold because of what? Lawlessness in the land. But then it says, he who endures to the end is that one that's going to make it into heaven. Yeah? Think about it. It's serious business. Think about it. There are a lot of crazy things happening in the church today. It's frightening. There are men who are married. They have a wife. And they have a girlfriend outside. And they're Christians going to heaven. You can't persuade them that they're doing anything wrong. My eyes like, oh my God, I didn't know this. It's frightening. There's, there is something called the deceitfulness of sin. They got into the place where they've accepted this is okay. And I'm going to heaven. And they really believe they will make it. Until they get there. And Jesus will say, you practice lawlessness. You find women married and having a boyfriend. And they're Christian. On Sunday they're in church. Before you hit the first note, they go, Glory! And you're looking, huh? They curse like crazy. There are Christians today that will actually, you know it's not right to commit fornication. They don't care about it. They have a girlfriend. They're not married. They're living together. And they're going to heaven. These are frightening days. These are frightening days. When I gave my life to Christ, I had girlfriends. And I knew, I, all I was thinking is, if I went to be with one of them, I'll be with that girl, and all of a sudden, Jesus returns, and I'm left behind. I was frightened. That's not a good place for him to find me. <sighs> I was so frightened of his return, I remember going out with a friend. You know, in Africa, we walk narrow paths. We don't have, you know, sometimes, you know, when you go home, uh, we don't have these two lanes on one side and all of that in everywhere. 
sometimes going home is to go through a, a, a pass, a narrow path in the, in the jungle, you know. And it was shortcut to get home. And I got this guy following me from behind, and we were talking. He was a born-again Christian fellow. And we knew Jesus was coming. He's going to take some off, and uh, another one will be gone. One is left. And, 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 and we talked a lot about those things in those days. And I still think about them. But this fellow was walking behind me, and I was talking to him, but we couldn't walk side by side because it was too narrow. Do you get what I, the picture? And I was in front of him, just talking away, telling him stop, just fellowshipping, Christian fellowship. And that guy was a very spiritual guy. He prophesied in church. And in those days, if you prophesied in church, to me, you were really spiritual. And we were walking the path, and I kept talking, and he decided he found a, a, a quicker path. And without telling me, he took the path. I turned back, and he wasn't there. I said, the rapture is taking place. And I have been left behind. Now, in Africa, no cell phone. So I was looking for anyone that I considered a real Christian. If he's still around, then I'm safe. If he's gone, I'm finished. I was walking distances just to find just one. And finally, I found Samuel. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I found that fellow. I said, don't you ever do that to me again. Don't you ever do that. I mean, now we're laughing, but I wasn't laughing. I was mad. Don't you ever do that to me. You know what that meant? Uh, <laughs> you do the same thing if you were me in those days. It was rough. <clears throat> but these are the last days. And we need to be watchful. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it says, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Kids, you need to understand that. Disobedient to parents, that's a sign of the last days. Slanderers, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, without self-control, brutal, Despisers of God, traitors, headstrong, hardy, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power, and from such people, what did he say to do? Turn away. Turn away. Don't be your friends. You see Christians sitting down today, they are having a party, they are drinking, and they are smoking, and they are going to heaven. And they don't care about it. Now let me tell you, love, Paul said this. He said, in, I, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. But in church, I don't do that. Just a few words. So I can edify you. He said, don't speak in tongues because you don't want to offend these people. 
And he says, if meat will cause my brother to stumble, I'll never eat meat. Maybe you, don't, you think it's okay. That's your bit in America. This thing is not accepted. In Romans chapter 2, verse 24, and I'm telling you, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this, and God is my witness. Today, I'm going to tell you, I wash my hands off because I've told you the truth. Get away from these things. Get away from these things. In Romans 2, verse 24, Paul says, Because of you, the name of God is being blasphemed among the Gentiles. Because of your attitude. When the unbelievers see what's going on and what you're doing, guess what? They don't want to go to church. So because of your thing that you like, and they don't accept, now they're going to go to hell because they call you a hypocrite and the whole church hypocrite because of what you're doing. They see you you're in business, you're acting really bad, being real clever, you're not even repentant of it. You take advantage of people just to get money. And then you call yourself smart. And they know what you're doing. And then you turn around and you pick the Bible and you start preaching at them and they laugh. And they call all of us hypocrites. And for this reason, Paul tells us, God decided, I don't want Israel anymore. He cut them off. And he said, he cut you off too. We don't do these things. It's one thing to be struggling and wanting to be out of something that's bad, that you know is bad. It's another thing justifying it and saying it doesn't matter when it's hurting other people. There's lawlessness. That means you don't really love like Jesus loves. If you love them and you want them, you give that thing up so that these people won't be offended. Yeah, maintaining that you can do this because it's alright. The Bible doesn't say that and all of that but people don't see it as right. That's wrong. You can't do it. Let me tell you something. In Ezekiel it says if a, a, a sinner sins and a righteous man doesn't want him when he dies he will pay for his sin, but I will require his blood from you. Now he says also, if a righteous man trusts in his righteousness and he begins to sin, all his righteous work will be forgotten, he'll pay for his sin. The Bible says the Lord God is a consuming fire. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling none of us perfect but you don't deliberately do practice sin and something that's offensive here it's funny and i live my life as a as a as a, as a uh, just a christian person not a pastor and uh, my wife and i we just live we don't know what's going on as a pastor just hearing crazy things a woman talking about having an affair with pastor and she's refusing to let it go because she said, God is using me. Since we started having the affair, now I'm speaking in conferences and God is blessing my ministry. You're crazy. That's what you're, uh, you're crazy. You lost your mind. How can you be sleeping with somebody who is already married and then you think God is anointing you? You're deceived. 
And there's the deception. Sin deceives. There is something called the deceitfulness of sin. Why is it deceitful? Because it's going to kill you at the end. You need to turn away from those things. Everyone that has this hope in himself purifies himself. That's what the Bible says. You try to do what is right. You don't justify what's wrong. How can a Christian sit back, sit back, and then you're doing things using foul language, smoking and drinking? You're just like the rest of them. You shall know them by their fruit. Read the same scripture. Read the same scripture. In Matthew 7, Jesus made it clear. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will make it. Those who do my father's will. And he says, this is how you can tell them. What you see them do, let you know. But the Bible tells us, when you see those people, don't company with them. Now, let me tell you something. If I feel like I don't have to have something to do which is not enmity, I'm just obeying scripture. Your life, I don't need that. I need somebody who's going to help me go after God more. This is not just about preaching. I want to go to heaven. Believe me. This is not just a job for me. This is a serious thing for me, for my life. I don't play games with this. So we need to be very careful. We can do some of these things. You can't be married and having your eyes on some other woman. You're crazy. Turn around and do what is right. Do what is right. Come out from among them and be separate, God said in Second Corinthians chapter 5, chapter 6. Be separate. And he said, I will have you. I will be to you a God and you will be my children. Now continue to do that and refuse to come out from among them. You're just deceiving yourself. There's the parable of ten virgins. Remember that parable? A parable is when Jesus wants to tell you what the kingdom of God is like. That's what he's doing. Five were wise and five were foolish. The difference is oil. Right? Simple. Oil. You know what oil represents? The Holy Spirit. When you're not careful to follow after God and have the Holy Spirit in you, when that day comes and the cry comes out, he's returning, you won't hear it. And when you come back, Jesus said, I don't know these fellows. You're not coming in. That's going to happen. I pray it doesn't happen to you. God called me into this work, my wife and I. And I do my, the, what is called because I want to be with him, not because of a job. So I tell the truth. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't, members, I want them. But I want you to go to heaven. That's the important thing for me. You need to be in heaven. If you go, then I'm glad. If you get offended, go somewhere else. It doesn't matter to me. Let God bring those who want to go to heaven to me. That's all because I want to go. I need you to help me though. And I want to help you go. This is what it's all about. Not just job or church. That's nothing. We need to follow God. Amen. We need to follow God. We need to do what is right. We need to love one another. I'm going to read this scripture. And then I'll quit. Second Thessalonians uh, 3 verse 6. But we commend you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw. What did he say to do? 
withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. So the Christian has tradition. And I know the Christian tradition. Amen? And when you deviate him from that, I know that. I don't want to be your friend. Because the Bible says so. No enmity. I, I love my soul. Amen? Many of us should make a decision for God today. You want to follow Christ. Please don't go the way of those who make start begin, they start building a house but they can't finish it. Do you remember the parable? You start building, you can't finish it because you don't have a good foundation. You want to have a good foundation. Amen? That's what you want. I need every eyes closed, all heads bowed. If you're here this morning and you heard my voice and, and God is here with us, all eyes closed, all heads bowed before the Lord. Let's, let's respect his presence. You're here today and you know that you, everything is not right between you and God. You know that. No one has to tell you. But there is a desire inside of you. You want things right with God. And all you need to do is acknowledge it this morning. That yes, I want everything to be right between me and God. I need that. I need that. If you are here this morning and that's what you need. I guarantee you by just raising your hand. The Father will see it. And God will respond to that because you are saying yes to him. And he will come and begin to work in your life. And the things that are going astray, the things that are going wrong in your life, he will begin to write them because you acknowledge his son. What we're doing this morning is acknowledging Jesus that he came for you, he died for you. You understand the message and you want him in your life. If you don't want him in your life, then don't raise your hand. But if you really want him in your life, then raise your hand and if you really want him to do a work in your life because he alone can do the work raise your hand right now let me see that raise your hand thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you so much thank you so much thank you so much thank you god be with you god be with you god be with you everyone that is sincere enough god be with you god be with you put your hands down thank you some of you have accepted Christ, but you know your life doesn't reflect his glory. But you would like that to happen to you today. You want God to take you on a new walk. That's what you need from him. Can I see your hand up, please? Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you need to do right. Some of you really need to do right. If you are in a relationship and you know it's not right, you're not married or whatever, do, just do what's right. Just make the right decision so that God can take care of your marriage and bless you, bless your family. Thank you. How many want to dedicate your whole life, everything that you are to the Lord and to his work? Would you raise your hand if you're here this morning? You want to do that? Let's all stand up. Stand up. Thank you, Jesus. You know, sometimes you hear preachers talking. It's like they are mad at somebody. I'm not mad at anybody. I have no enemies. I'm just telling you the truth. So that we can get to heaven together. Amen. 
if you make things right, I'm blessed and you are blessed. That's all there is to this. But if you insist, it just means I may never see you again after we live this life. Possible. Because not everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. Only those who do his will. Amen. Let's raise our hands to him this morning. The Holy Spirit is here. The Spirit of Jesus. When he comes into you, he begins to speak to you. And you are loved. Even if you've done wrong in the past. If you're saying right there, where you're saying in your heart, right there where you're standing. You're saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm coming back home. Just like the prodigal son, I'm coming back home. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but now you're saying to your God in the private, the privacy of your heart, and you're telling him, God, I'm truly sorry. I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of my life. I want to make things right. I couldn't raise my hands. I was ashamed. But now I'm raising my hands to you, God. Could you forgive me and help me? Could you come into my life? I want to serve you. Give me the power. Give me the grace. I want to serve you, God. If that's you, then talk to him and thank him because I believe he will forgive you right now. He promised to forgive if you will open your mouth and you speak to him. Ask him for forgiveness. He will forgive you. He will not lie. Just tell him, God, I want you to forgive me. We don't let everyone say that with me. God, please forgive me for my wrongdoings. I want it right right now. I want to do right. I want to do what is acceptable before you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your people this morning. I thank you. I believe you've heard us. Those that raised your hands, those that called upon your name today, your word says you will forgive. And you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for your love, Jesus. We love you and we accept you, Lord, with all of our heart. Lead us as the good shepherd. Lead us in the paths of righteousness. For your name's sake. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen.